lakes and fields, outdoor ramblings, outdoor ramblings, rambling about the outdoors with Milton and O'Neill, rambling about the outdoors with Milton and O'Neill. Thing, uh, oh, proceed. I'm sorry, I wasn't. I jumped right in there, didn't I? Well, that's okay, O'Neill. You've been known to jump right in there a lot of times. I have indeed. I'm out wet. Hello, folks. I'm... This is Milton Crabapple, and I'm here with my jumping in co-host, O'Neill Williams. Welcome to another episode of Outdoor Ramblings, where O'Neill and me just like to get together and talk about what we've been doing, where we've been going, and what we've been catching or shooting. Ain't that right, O'Neill? Uh, that's fact. And if we tell a lie or two, you'll just have to just let it go. Well, it ain't a lie if they can't prove it. Well, that's true too. Well, I know I was trying to think of what the first the what people are going to uh, first thing they see when the first time they watch this, they're they're going to look at you and ask, "What is Milton pointing at?" He's what pointing am I his pointing finger. At? He's pointing his finger up into the sky. What are you pointing at? I'm trying to get a lightning bolt to strike. <laughs> I ain't had no luck yet, though. Good. I wish you'd have been with me yesterday afternoon, O'Neill. What were you doing? You'd have just had a fit. Well, you know, I told you I got this bluegill pond with a feeder on there where I right. uh-huh. take the grandkids and all. You know, I put them pellets in there and they it squirts them out about twice a day and then bluegill just get. Oh, man. Yeah. Big old titty brim, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, I was over there and fella that owns a place is out of town. He asked me if I'd, he's out of town for two weeks. He said, would I mind just dropping by and checking on the place? So I dropped by there. And of course I threw in my, my spinning rod, you know, and my tackle box. And I went over okay. there and I, sure. Battery was dead on my feeder. So I had to take it up and plug it in up at his garage. And I said, well, I might as well fish a little while while I'm here. So I had a little old pumpkin seed worm about five inches long on there and i had a hook had a little worm hook but it was a small hook but anyhow i just had it on there with no weight or nothing i said well this looks as good as anything so i walked down there and i don't know if them bass was on the pre-spawn or what but i'm going to ask you about this in a minute but the first five casts i made i got five of them I didn't didn't get them all in, but you know they was all small bass. They was all twelve yeah. inches, ten, twelve inches long. The kind you ought to take out of a pond and eat them. Yeah, re- you yearlings. Need, uh-huh. You don't need to throw that size back in there. No. But anyhow, I saw one over there. There's an old blowdown over there, and I said, I don't know if I can even reach that thing with this light line. I had a six pound test line over there. But I saw a bass laying over there at the end of that old blowdown. He was just laying on, weren't moving, laying up kind of near the top of the water. You know, water wasn't but about four or five feet deep. And I said, that looks like one over there bigger than these I've been catching. So I hauled off and I flung that, I flung that worm as hard as I could. And it landed about a foot on the other side of him. I didn't have no weight or nothing. So I just, it laid there for a second and I twitched it. And I saw his mouth just grabbed that he whirled around and grabbed that thing and i latched into him and i said well this is better than them little ones i've been catching and he tore out across that pond and i said this is a pretty good fish and you know how they do you get them on there and they'll go make one good jump he come out of the water and i said now boy he's an icing now scared you didn't he 
I, he scared me, yes, sir, because I had six pound line on there. And according to my calculations over the last four years, I've caught about 200 fish on it without changing hooks. Oh, oh my goodness. So I didn't figure I was going to get him in, but I got him in and lifted him up. Best of my, best of my calculations, he weighed about six, she weighed about six pounds. Wow. And was just full of eggs, egg, just stomach, just a hanging down on that thing. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have paid weight but four pounds if it wasn't for all them eggs. But I got it in. I made a I made a selfie selfie picture. Well, oh, let's see it. Let's see it now. But anyhow, oh I tell can't... you what I'll do. There ain't nobody looking, are they? No. Well, I'll just see if I can't just show you a picture of that fish. Oh my goodness. That was a nice Milton, really. that's Yeah, that one's uh, yeah, that one's carrying some eggs now, I'm telling you. For y'all that are just listening, I just showed him a picture of that to prove that I caught it. But here's my question, O'Neill. Go. And I want you to elaborate on this now. I'm going to, I'm going to, you cut me loose. I believe uh-huh. that especially in small ponds and folks go bass fishing, I don't care what time of year it is, they're nearly always using... Too heavy a line, too big of a hook, and too big of a bait. Yes, yes, and yes. You May I go? Ready yes, to listen sir. to this now, everybody. I'm just setting it up for you. Yes, you are indeed. Let me look. If, if, if you had to pick one set of gear to bass fish the rest of your life, you'll catch more bass, large and small, by using six or eight pound test line, almost no weight or no weight at all, and use a plastic worm or a plastic lizard. If that's the only thing you had to use the rest of your life and you stuck with that, you would catch more bass. There's no, there's no category of baits whereby you can fish shallow, deep, fast, slow and change colors than you can with a plastic worm that's true and you talk about six pound line now a lot of people say well six pound line you know i'm used to using 17 pound test line when i fish i'm telling you you get some good six pound test line on a rod and it's hard to break that stuff well absolutely well the thing is what the six pound line will catch more fish for you because you feel the bite better with a light line. The, the the only people that can get away with using really heavy line, 20, 25, even 30 pound test line, and that can feel the bite are the professional fishermen. People that fish the Bassmaster tournament trail, they can feel the bite. Somebody like me, not I'll catch way more fish using six pounds. I'll tell you, I was in a tournament many years ago when I used to tournament bass fish. I was at Lake Lanier, which was my home lake, clear water spotted bass. You got to get that combination. And I drew this. This was years ago when we used to draw partners and you didn't know who you were going to fish with until that morning. And I drew a guy uh, and he fished. His home lake was Clark's Hill. Largemouth bass, stained water. We were in clear water, 
fishing for spots. Okay. You got this picture? Yeah, sir. I caught 51 that day and he caught one because of the different combination. He used to, he used a eight or a nine inch worm. I used a four inch worm with six pound test line and he used 17 pound test line and an eight inch worm. And I caught 51 and he caught one and the knuckle in the head never would change. <laughs> you know, I bet you I know what he was thinking. He said, in a minute, I'm going to catch a world record. <laughs> well, you know, everybody goes for the big fish. The but as far fish. as I'm concerned, you know, especially with little kids and things like that, that you take to the pond, you don't have to catch six pounders like you did. Just catch no, some. No. Just catch some. And what's, tell you, what's, that, what's that old saying? And I'll shut up. But that old saying to a child, the best that picture he's ever seen is the hole in the water where the float used to be. That's true. Yeah. And the worst sight to his daddy is the circles that that float was making around a tree limb about 30 feet up. <laughs> well, that, that's true before, too. Before it stopped wrapping up. <laughs> that's right. I remember I took, I took Travis fishing one day and uh, we were in the boat together and he was just casting like mad. He was about six years old. And he hooked me in the chin. <laughs> I mean, all the way up past the barb. And so we 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 cut it off, and then I dug it out later. But uh, did he try uh, to put you on the stringer? <laughs> he felt like it felt like it there for a minute. Yeah, sure enough. Did you take out drag? Yeah. Well, I got one more tip about that six pound test line. Ready? Yeah, sure. Every time you go fishing, if you were going to use six or even eight, every time you go fishing, the first thing you do is to take off one rod length of line. That freshens the last six or eight feet of line. Because you believe me, you don't remember the last time you went what your line had to endure before before you quit that day so the first thing you do is six feet of line fresh line a fresh knot and and not like you you put on a fresh hook too <laughs> well that's good advice you know i'm too i'll just admit i'm too lazy to do that well that's you have to be reminded to do things like that i i i'm not a i'm not a fast line hook tire like a lot of these folks are uh-huh I just about got to have a, some kind of jig to help me twist that thing and tie it. You know, my eyes ain't what they used to be. Well, I'm I'm not a bit surprised. But I got another another question now about farm. You got another ponds. story. You know, I, I like to fish farm ponds. Oh, me too. Fish over to Old Man Eatrich's farm pond. Been fishing there for years, you know. And in the summertime, now when it gets hot out in them big reservoirs and all, and it gets mm -hmm. blazing hot. You've said this a lot of times before that if you're going around fishing the shoreline, most of the fish are where? They're behind you. They're behind you. That's right. But now that ain't always the case in a farm pond. And when it no, gets you hot, got them cornered. When it gets hot and all that, plus there ain't no oxygen much out in the deep water out there. Yes. And them fish are, you know, they're struggling out there sometimes. But that around the edge of the water seems to always work in a farm pond. That is true. That's where the vegetation is. The yeah, vegetation's not out there in the deep water. 
But I like fishing them farm ponds, you know. Oh, you boy. Just, you, just, you get one of them memorized, and you know that there ain't no use going down that bank. <laughs> but you go down this bank, you just about know where you're going to catch a good fish. Oh, absolutely. That uh, that that bass that you caught, was it as big as that fish right back there? See him? No, sir. You're talking about that permit or that rooster fish? The, that rooster fish. Now, no, that uh, ain't a permit, is it? Is that a no? Jack? That's a, a jack. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that rooster fish, that's some, you know, I, I've been fortunate over the years to go to some mighty fine places. Not that I'm any better than anybody else, but I have gotten to go to some really good places to go fishing. How big and, was that rooster fish? Uh, it was about 75 pounds. I don't know how you'd ever get one of them. They're the same thing just about as a jack. All them jacks will snatch your wrist off if you ain't careful. Absolutely. Those fish like that with those tails. The tuna and a permit and a jack crevel and all those with a fish with a tail like that, they are strong. Yes, indeed. They are strong and fast. And it's funny, uh, I, I caught that rooster fish in Costa Rica as the first one I ever caught. And he weighed 75 pounds. How long did it take you to get him in? Uh, 40 minutes. I remember that because it was a, a quite an event. Beach all lives. I don't know how you could do it. It's yeah. 40 minutes. Well, it was on the television show, so I couldn't quit. Have you ever been ice fishing? Uh, I did that once, and that was enough. How I about you? Once. I did it once a couple of years ago. You know, it got cold. Me and dude fish all year round. And I said, I sure would love to go fishing. It was cold. It had been down in the teens for about two weeks at night. I said, I sure would love to go fishing. He said, let's go. I said, well, we can't. The lakes froze over out there. He said, well, he said, up north, everything freezes up every year. That don't stop them folks from fishing. He said, they just go chop a hole in the ice and fish. Right. He said, we ought to try that ice fishing because it don't freeze up down here often. I said, well, that's a good point. I said, we'll give it a try. So we went ice fishing at Owen. It was fun. I'm telling you, anybody that's listening that ain't never tried ice fishing, my recommendation is don't. That's right. Just put it much. off. You, you'll be way all right. Too much, way too much work for me. You no, know what? I'll tell you what. Those people, those guys up north, I know I fished a lake. Uh, can't remember the name of it. It was up there in Minnesota. I fished a lake that was famous for ice fishing. Okay. And uh, those guys, sometimes they would be the, the guide told me he said sometimes there would be over two thousand people in tents on that lake ice fishing at one on a weekend beach all i ever seen but i it ain't gonna be me i'll just tell you i ain't gonna <laughs> do it again you know it took us i figure it took us might near two hours just to get a hole chopped out in the lake big enough to put the boat in <laughs> By the time we got started fishing, I was wore out, O'Neill. Oh, we, we fished for about 30 minutes. We didn't get a bite, and dude said, let's move to another spot. I said, no, sir. I'm uh, out of here. I ain't doing that ice fishing anymore. I don't know if I can do this or not. <laughs> ice fish? Yeah, ice fish. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> but I've watched them drag some big ones out. Well, so what you got coming up? 
anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, adventures? Have you written any new books or anything? Oh, man, well, there's there's always a book in my hand, or actually the the Kindle. I don't the everything everything in a book's printed too small these yeah, days. But, you, but what about your books? I'm talking about. Well, uh, yeah, it's still selling, and I I I still will. Quite frankly. O'Neill, it's O'Neill outside, 65 years in the outdoors. And uh, uh, it's it's things that you and I are talking about. Well, how can, I get one? How can folks get one of them? Well, you can best best place to get them is just to go to Amazon. And there it is. O'Neill outside. O'Neill. There ain't too many O'Neill Williams out there no. that write books. <laughs> no, I don't know of a single other one. But well, you know, I did. I did. There it is, I, there it is I, on the screen, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, O'Neill Books. Uh, but you know, I went to when Gail was ill. About this was thirty something years ago, and in my lifetime, I have never met anybody named O'Neill Williams. So I'm taking Gail to the doctor, and I I was taking her to the doctor. And we go into the Emory, Emory Hospital, and uh, there's a desk there at the entryway into the doctor's offices and all that kind of stuff. And there's a little uh, a name plate, and it says O'Neill Williams. And, of course, I'm, I'm looking around. Somebody's playing a joke here. And I asked the lady, I said, is this true? Is there a guy named O'Neill Williams here? She said, oh, yeah, I'll go get him for you. And out walked about a six-foot, four-inch black guy named O'Neill Williams. And we took the necessary photos, and it was fun. And he has never met anybody named O'Neill Williams either. Well, you know what? You might not believe this, O'Neill, but I've never met anybody named Milton Grabapple either. I'll I'll bet not. I'll bet that would be a pretty good guess. It would be, you tell you. So y'all thought for a minute y'all might be brothers? It was close. It we was, discussed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Isaac, we was, we was out at a restaurant at a hotel a while back on the trip we was on, and I was sitting in there and went in to get me a little, get me a little branch water there in the little yeah. bar area, you know, and this fellow was sitting over there, and he, he got a phone call. I was watching him, and he just laid the phone down and just started boohooing. And I went over there to him. I said, I said, what's wrong, fella? He said, well, I just found out I've got a half brother. And I said, really? I said, well, different father? He said, no, shark attack. Okay, you, you can just, meet some strange people. You can meet you, some strange folks in those places. That's right. You, uh, you're, you got a, a knack for that. Yes, sir. You really do. Well, you got any you you got any fishing trips coming up? Uh, yeah, I I do have some. You know, with this extended light now, of course, with the change in hours, even though the lake temperature hadn't risen a, a great deal, the uh, the game fish, whether it's brim or bass or whatever, uh, they do react to that lengthened daylight. And they do get more active and so forth. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go fishing in the next couple of weeks. I've got a, a trip or two planned, and uh, otherwise, and that's what I'm gonna do. I I'm gonna fish in Florida some this year too. 
Good, good. I can't focus on fishing right now until squirrel season's over with. <laughs> well, you've got, now that goes, what, to the end of March? No, it goes till, till tomorrow. Oh. Because we're in the February here in Georgia, February 28th, oh. but we got an extra day this year, so I'm going to get in one more trip. But one I, more day, huh? You know, I sit there all through deer season, and I don't hunt out in a big field. I hunt pretty much, I'm sitting in the woods, you know, yeah. And them squirrels are coming out, and I'm telling you something. I sit there all through deer season, just counting the days till deer season's over with, where I can get after them squirrels. I like to hunt those things just as yeah. much as I did when I see one of them coming through the trees. It's just like it was when I was ten years old with a little old single shot twenty-two. You remember them twenty-two rifles that the single Man, shot you put to put it in there, but then you had to pull a bolt back on it to cock it. <laughs> you remember them? I do indeed. Pull that bolt back on that thing. That's what I learned to shoot with. Was that? Uh, I'll be fair with you. You know, I, uh, it, it would be hard to believe knowing about the television show all this time and all. I quite frankly, I would prefer to hunt squirrels than white-tailed deer. Well, I would too, except you know, you don't get as much meat off of a squirrel. <laughs> well, and and people don't pay you advertisers don't pay you to promote squirrel hunting like they do deer hunting. That's true. That's true. But you know, you flip around there, some of them outdoor shows, you're going to find some squirrel hunts on there now. Yeah, that's right. Some squirrel hunt. A lot of people like to hunt them with dogs, you know. Oh, I've done that one time like in Tennessee and they, uh, those were, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching the dogs work. Yeah, and some take a baseball bat. Somebody in the crowd will have a if squirrel goes in a hole. They'll start beating on the side of that tree, and sometimes that squirrel will come out of there like a cannon. He can't take that beating when he's in there. He's got to come out of there. You ever uh, twist? My only, trouble, my, my only trouble up uh, where we live up here in the mountains, the squirrel hunting, is because uh, you move around constantly uh, and slowly. But up here in the mountains, when you stop and get out of the truck, it's uphill. And then it's uphill to go back to the truck. I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. Up where we, we hunt a lot, there's two directions you can go, uphill and downhill. Yeah. And it helps a lot if you got one leg longer than the other leg if you want to go sideways. Sure. Because you walk yeah, I know I know a few people like that. I know a few of them too, yes, sir. But anyhow, yeah, I like that squirrel hunting. And then, so we start that as soon as deer season's over. So really all of, all of, all of February and most of, uh, is, is squirrel hunting season for yeah. me. And I like okay. to put, put probably about 10 or 12 of them in the freezer you bet. all year long. You know, and now it'll open up again here in Georgia, August 15th okay. is when it generally opens, but I don't like to go then cause you get all darn hot. <laughs> And you get out there and you're... Well, you have to move around, squirrel hunting. Well, but you're moving around's fun, too. But it's still hot. It's And the mosquitoes yeah. getting after you and chiggers and all kinds of stuff. And then a lot of times you kill a squirrel and you got wolves on him. So most oh, yeah. people don't like to eat him if they got wolves on him. And that's that, that's that bot fly, you know, and they that larva gets under the skin. It makes a big old knot. looks like it's half as big as your thumb on him. And that's that... I've got it. I've got it. Let's see, somewhere in the room, I've got a, well, I won't go get it now. I'm right up there. I've got a squirrel mounted. Do you have a wolf on him? 
<laughs> no, nobody's holding a fishing float. Well, good, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. after the frost, after the first good frost, them larvae emerge and come out of there, and then he'll heal up. And of course, mm -hmm. that your skin actually it don't it don't hurt them to eat, hurt your teeth to meat, even if he had a wolf on him. But it ain't too appetizing to clean one to think about eating him when he's got that big old larvae growing well, in. You know, I wanted to ask you about something you said earlier about the catching those. 10 and 11 inch bass in these ponds you need to keep those fish you do yes sir you can ask a biologist about it he'll say you either keep them and eat them or throw them over the dam and let the coyotes have them right because the lake just gets overcrowded and then they get stunted you know? well there's not enough food in there for all of them and that's true so they get so they don't grow you know fish are yeah. funny you can put a you can put a goldfish in a little fish bowl and keep him for 10 years and he'll still just be that long. <laughs> but if you go by him and put him in the lake in a few years, he'll weigh three or four pounds. Yeah. Because they grow according to the, How the much fun but I was fishing with a fella. I, we was doing a job at, at, uh, CNS, it's crab apple and Spencer, CNS crappy removal service. You okay. Know, that's another business I have, you know, where folks I understand got a lot of crappy in the lake and they want more bass. So we go out there and we try to remove a lot of them crappy for them, you know, and we, well, that's, that's one of the things that people make a mistake, uh, when they're in, if they own a pond, okay, they own a lake on their property. All right. And they put bass in it and they put brim in it and they put crappy in it. Now that's a mistake. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Crappy don't belong in that pond because they eat everything. You can put crap, you can put bass and brim and, and catfish in there. Yes. I think. But, you know, just to show you how people think about this now. All right. Man, I'm going to have to go here in a little while. I got work to do, O'Neill. I ain't got all day to sit around. Yeah, I already got two. I got two calls on my phone right there. I got to return. Yeah. But we went, me and a fellow went, we was doing the crappy removal job for this fellow okay. in his farm yeah. pond he had about a, about a two or three acre pond i guess uh-huh he told us we could go up there and he said uh the rule was he said now he he thought he knew a lot about pond man he said the rule is if you catch crappy you can't throw it back in i said don't worry we'll we'll get rid of them crappy right and uh but anyhow he said if you catch bass he said there's a lot of bass in there and he said and I couldn't believe he said this. It made me chuckle. He said, I don't mind you taking the big ones out of there, but leave the little ones. Ooh. Ooh. And I thought, he don't know a girl darn thing about managing nope. a pond. Nope. Right. That's it's just exactly, exactly opposite. the opposite of what he should be doing. But them big females, them, them great old big ones are females always. And you, yeah. you leave them in there and take all them little ones out of there and eat them. But, you know, some people just, especially these neighborhoods, have ponds in their subdivisions, yep. and they always got a rule, catch and release. Yeah. Catch and release only. And I'm thinking, well, pretty soon there ain't going to be nothing to catch but eight-inch long bass and little old brim about the size of a playing card. That's it. You know? And that's all they're going to have because they, they, uh, a, a population like that is just like your lawn. It's like, yeah, no mowing, no mowing on this lawn. Mm -hmm. 
they think it's going to look good forever. No mowing. We don't want to kill the grass. No. Nope. And if what happens if you don't mow it, you end up with a bunch of weeds out there sooner or later. It's well, look at here. We, I got to, Milton, I got to go. Well, I uh, got to go too, O'Neill. It sure has been fun talking with you. We'll get together again. I oh. hope so. I hope so. I, uh, uh, I, I really enjoy talking and it allows me to mention things like the size of the line and the plastic worms and things like that, because there's plenty of fish to be caught, but people make mistakes and it keeps them from catching them. Plenty of them to be fried. So I can't wait to see you again soon. Plenty of them to be fried too. (laughs) There you go. Anyhow, I enjoyed it, folks. I hope you enjoyed listening to me and O'Neill. We've been friends for many, many years and we like to get together and ramble about the outdoors so till next time i'm milton crabapple and he's o'neill williams and we'll see y'all later you betcha outdoor ramblings outdoor ramblings rambling around the woodlands the rivers lakes and fields outdoor ramblings outdoor ramblings rambling about the outdoors with milton and o'neill about the outdoors with Milton and O'Neill. Y'all come back now. You hear?